publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoints and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long-term is so, so worth it. Sit back, listen, and together, let's author Onward. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. And today I'm coming off um, the Jump the First Hurdle of self-publishing webinar that happened last night. So if you didn't get a chance to attend live, I will include a link in the show notes to go back and watch that replay, but that's only gonna be up for the next week. After that, it is gonna come down and only be available to members of the thing that I announced last night, which is Pub Club. So I announced the first cohort of Pub Club, um, a four week group coaching program to help new and early in their career self-publishing authors get to the next level. So it's adaptable for many different situations, whether you're just starting the book that you're intending to self-publish or whether you're already partway through that process. So it's, um, y'all can check out the link in the show notes to learn more information. So four weekly sessions, asynchronous options. If you live in a very different time zone, um, check-ins and worksheets and resources in between that time accessible via Teachable. So check that out in the show notes of this episode. And please do feel free to ask me more questions. I'm very excited and it gets started. The first meeting gets started next week on March the 10th. Now to move on to the topic of today's episode, we have our second critique episode here on Authoring Onward. So last week was a sales page critique. This week is is two critiques in one for the same person, a horror author who goes by the name of Ghost Lady. So we get to look at the sales page, well, look in a metaphorical sense, we get to listen to um, the critique of her sales page for one of her books and a first page critique for a work in progress. So you get to get a little bit of information, not just about how to sell your books well, but how to revise well and tighten up that first page. So without further ado, Let's go into the two critiques with Ghost Lady. All right, well, today um, on the podcast, I am so pleased to have in our second critique episode. Um, so special guest joining us, Ghost Lady. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be on here. Well, I am happy to be on here and I was happy to look at um, the first page of one of your works in progress and also the sales page of something you've got published already. So which one would you like to get started with? Um, let's do the first page critique. 
All right, so I will share my screen here. Let's have a look at that first page. Can you see that with me? Yep. All right, make that a little bit bigger. Okay, so is this, um, is this horror as well? Is yes. Okay, so this is also a horror novel. So it starts, home is sweet home, Clara thought as she opened the antique double wooden doors and walked into the foyer of the 1880s Victorian manor. Her gaze was instantly fixated on the detailed spindles of the staircase that led to the large stained glass window on the second floor. She heard footsteps behind her and felt two muscular arms wrap around her waist, pulling her into a warm embrace. Um, okay, so my first impression of this was that it didn't feel very horror for an opening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just a little bit kind of comfy and cozy. Like she's coming to this new house um, with her fiance and they're building this new family. And it almost felt like it could have been the beginning of say a cozy mystery or something. That's sort of like beginning oh. or a women's fiction. You're going to this new place and establishing these new relationships. And then you're gonna have some sort of kind of lighter moment of realization or lighthearted adventure. Um, yeah, so I just didn't really get that much more from this. Um, so I don't, if, if you wanna kind of like brainstorm a little bit about how does the house play a role in the scary bits? Mm -hmm okay yeah so if if you want to really hook readers to begin with on this first page then you might think about how to introduce you know come up with a, a good hook opening line that's because home sweet home is first a bit of a cliche but it's also got this like comfy home feel um okay. and a lot of times when you know you're reading a scary book and the opening is something that might seem very normal or even hopeful, but there's this undercurrent of tension. And, you know, how can we get this like undercurrent of tension that should be a happy moment, but it's not quite. Gotcha, all right. Yeah, okay, I'm that... already thinking of ways to maybe switch that up a little bit just to, to put that hook in there. Yeah, just to make it feel a little bit, um, a little bit less, less comfy, more like this should be comfy and welcoming, but it's not. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and I've also made a few notes here. Um, this is a little bit harder for listeners to look at, but um, so, you know, kind of tightening up language. Her gaze was instantly fixated, um, fixated on. You could just say her gaze fixed on. Mm -hmm. um, also, and this is a really common typo for people to make um, or a common error because they sound exactly the same, but led as the past tense of lead is always going to be L-E-D. Yep. <laughs> Not led like a piece of metal. Yeah. This um, hasn't been edited yet. So <laughs> yeah. So just little things to kind of look at. Um, so moving on from that first paragraph, what do you think? Asked Ethan, her fiance. Clara took several moments to scan the space in front of her and only one word came to mind. It's dusty. Um, 
which is kind of a, a little moment of levity here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But also I just, you know, speaking as an editor who also wants to tighten things up and look for those consistencies. Um, it's dusty is technically two words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ethan chuckled as he found a few spots on her neck to give a quick kiss. Well, of course, it's been vacant for two years. Look beyond the dust. Clara scanned the space once more at the direction of Ethan. And here I was a little bit like, are, so is she scanning it because Ethan directed her to? Uh, yeah. Okay, not like she's looking past him at something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. It was a beautiful space indeed, filled with original stains, woodwork, plenty of natural light, and antique fireplaces. Clara herself preferred a more modern style, but she didn't have the luxury of picking her first house. This house was originally purchased by Ethan, his late wife Hazel, and their 11-year-old son Cameron for them to grow together as a family. Unfortunately, fate had other plans. Um, so again, kind of that nitpicky copy editor detail, mm -hmm. Cameron couldn't have purchased the house. Of course, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. so, but it was meant for him to live in. But, um, and so then we've got this kind of backstory of, you know, Ethan after his wife dies, he can't stand to be on the house. Um, and so it's kind of been vacant for a while until they, he comes together with Clara and now they're building this new family with the six month old daughter. Um, and I'm wondering if you need to really introduce all of those explanations right away or if mm -hmm. pulling, yeah, pulling that back could help you increase the tension. Hmm, okay. This, yeah, this beautiful house has been vacant for two years. Why? Something is up with this family. There is this darkness in their past. Why? Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. I could okay. try to you know space that out the the descriptions out and backstory out a little bit. Yeah. So something to pull people because these are the first few pages that people will read. Um, if you are putting this out on submission or that people will read if you are, you know, when it gets to a bookstore level um, or mm -hmm. pop on Amazon level, um, mm -hmm. that's what's going to hook folks in. Um, so before we jump to the next critique, do, does he have any questions for me? No, I, I like your comments um, because I'm an indie author. I'm, I'm newer to this. So it's it's nice to see where your head and your, your mind goes when reading this. So, you know, hopefully I can do that, you know, myself. Um, so yeah, these are definitely things I'll work on. Okay, okay, great. Um, well, it looks like um, the setup for something that should be quite intriguing. This needs a little bit more of that tension there. Uh, I can't wait to see what that tension becomes. So let's hop over to the sales page. Now we'll go to the next screen sharing thing. All right, so this is pulled way down, but all right. Can you see where I'm at? Uh-huh. Okay, good. All right, so looking at the sales page for, I'm, I'm guessing this is your first novella. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Water Street Button Factory, a horror novella. Um, so we've got, let's look first at the cover um, and then the description. Um, so the cover, uh, 
is a little bit hard to read actually. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look, and if you looked at it in thumbnail, it would really be a little bit difficult to read the, the words on the page. Um, or just, I, I, I'm guessing from the title that those are buttons. Yeah. Her, yeah, that red background maybe to evoke blood. Uh, yeah, just to, you know, give it that overall creepy feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would look at maybe kind of revamping this cover a bit. Um, let's see if I move over to some of the books on like the horror list. Mm-hmm. Can, can you see those? Yeah, I did pay someone to make the cover. Um, I wasn't completely thrilled with it. So I think moving forward, I'm going to use someone else. Yeah. And you would be surprised these days that um, like you can find a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good designers out there. Um, look for somebody who knows that genre really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and you can even find quite a quite a lot of pre-made covers um, that are that are really high quality these days. Mm-hmm. So it's something I'd look into. Because okay. um, yeah, it's a little bit illegible and doesn't quite look like a lot of these others um uh because i'm seeing yeah look even even some of the, like the like creepy words are a little bit clearer type um more defined backgrounds mm-hmm. a lot more um does seem like there's a lot more photo based rather than illustration based mm-hmm. So let's look at the description. So this horror novella follows the journeys of four individuals throughout the residency at the Water Street Button Factory. Read along as they face typical life struggles as well as the factory's terror. And um, so then it launches into a little bit of this backstory of Mm -hmm. the Water Street Button Factory. Yeah. But now appears to be apartment buildings. Um, and only then here in this last paragraph do we kind of get to the story. Mm-hmm. Now within the factory's walls in apartment 41 is a woman in her late 20s who has found herself calling this place home. Twinking lights now encase the steel windows. The windows were beautiful. Their enormous size and thin windows provide substantial lighting during the morning month, warmer months, but poor insulation during the colder ones. Penny hadn't gotten to experience that yet. She's only resided in the housing for three months. The fall nights had her dreading the upcoming season. The low temperatures combined with insufficient indoor heating would prove less of an inconvenience and more of a nightmare. Unfortunately, that would not be the only nightmare Penny would face during her stay at the Water Street Button Factory. Um, so we've got, now we've gotten to, so there's four individuals. We've gotten to one of the people that we follow mm-hmm. is Penny. Um, and she's in this apartment. She thinks it's just gonna be like a hassle because it's really poorly heated. But then there's then something else scary happens. So we really actually haven't got much story here. No, it's just an excerpt from the beginning of the book, basically. I just threw in there. Okay. Well, let's look at some of the exam uh, just to like find an example. Let's just pull at random just one that we were looking at from the horror list um, and look at what they say. Oh, and this one looks interesting. So this 
book is called Trinity Row. It's got a tagline at the top. Uh, local legend says Trinity Row is the house that won't die. Local legend isn't wrong. So tagline hooking the reader in. And okay. then we jump right into the story. We get that first, that main character right away. 16 year old Ivy Black and her mom have moved in for a quick renovation to make an easy buck. Then it will be on to the next rundown abandoned eyesore. Simple, move, fix, sell, run. For the last three years, Ivy and her mom have run away from their past. That's the thing about Trinity Row though. It doesn't let the past die. Uh, all right, so we've got character set up. This is what lets us understand the context of the story, but now they're in a different place. Mm -hmm. When Ivy finds out the friends she thought she made and the things she thought she'd seen aren't exactly what she believes, she goes on a mission to free her mother from the snare of Trinity Row and the evil spirits controlling it. Except after a trip to, trip to Trinity Row, <laughs> that's a mouthful, um, but fortunately you don't have to normally read these out loud. You'll never want to go home again. Um, so now we've got to, so starts with character setup, gets a little bit of complication and mm. we've got a little hint at the stakes. Okay. Yeah, she's trying to free her mother, but the house is gonna fight back. And finally it ends with for fans of Haunting Hill House and Candara Blake's Anna's Dress in Blood. So comparison, this isn't like required for every description, but it can sometimes help to have that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So this, this one does, to me, this feels like a really strong description because it's got a lot of elements that draw the reader in, make you want to read more. You get just enough story in there to make you want to answer the questions. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, I think there's like a, a, a huge learning curve with self-publishing as a, a lot of indie authors can show, you know, you have to learn to write, you have to get the cover made, you have to learn to do promotion, social media, you know, you're doing everything by yourself. So I really like these comments because, you know, moving forward, I'll definitely, you know, use them um, to try and, you know, capture readers better on this page. Yeah, so there is a huge learning curve. There's a lot of different little pieces um, <laughs> because, you know, it used to be before self-publishing, a writer was just a writer. And now if you are self-publishing, you are also all the other little pieces in the publishing house where you have to know enough about them to hire them out. So <laughs> you, yeah, you really have to know a lot more. And, and it's also okay. The lovely thing about self-publishing is you can, you can change stuff. So like you get a book up there and the cover isn't really perfect at first. You can change the cover later. Description yeah. can be changed later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are like my main pieces of feedback on the page, on this sales page. Um, I don't know. It looks like you, you did make use of, you know, getting in different categories, um, which mm -hmm. is another thing that I sometimes see people not do. Um, you've already got a fair number of reviews for somebody just getting started. So, mm -hmm. so that's good. Did you have any particular questions or anything that's kind of coming up? Um, I don't think so. I just like what you said. You know, I, I liked comparing to that other 
uh, a book and, you know, how they, you know, tried to draw people in a little bit more. So um, that's definitely it's something I'm going to work on with that. The next book, um, the one I'm working on that we just did the first page critique of. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, and it's also something that you can kind of trial and error and you can ask other writers to look things mm -hmm. over. Um, there's all, just loads and loads of resources out there, especially on social media for writers to critique each other's work, including things like these book descriptions. Mm -hmm. So that can be a real, real help and a resource there. Great. Um, well, it has been really great chatting with you, Goose Lady. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all the advice. Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show today. All right, sounds good. That's all for this week on Authoring Onward. I hope that listening to those two critiques has been helpful to you. Um, and I do hope that you'll check out the webinar linked in the show notes and check out Pub Club and see if that is the right option for you. So until next week, when we will be back um, with author interview again, very excited about this one, and you're just going to have to wait to see what it is. Uh, so until next week, happy writing, everybody. <laughs>